I'm going to be talking to you from the song, O Holy Night. O Holy Night. And today as we look at the thrill of hope, I I want to study those words. In the song, O Holy Night, there is a sentence that says, thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. The thrill of hope. And I want us to define thrill of hope today. And I want to just speak to your hearts today about that subject, thrill of hope. Thrill means a sudden feeling of excitement or pleasure. And I think all of us as children, when we were growing up, we could remember the thrill, the excitement of Christmas and it's coming and we were so pumped up for Christmas. I remember as a little kid and we woke in Oklahoma, I remember Christmas season. I would look around the house for Christmas gifts and see if I could find any around the house and, and then I would get under the Christmas tree and anybody do this before I'd get the boxes and shake them, you know what I mean? That sounds like clothes. Who cares about socks? You know what I'm saying? I would look for another box and I think that's a toy. And I remember shaking it, trying to figure out what it was. And, and then sometimes what I would literally do is I would pull the tape back. Anybody do that before? Trying to get a peek, you know, pull the tape and trying to peek in and see what it is. And every once in a while I'd pull the tape and the paper would rip. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? You get some more tape, try to tape it back, and it's, not, it's still not looking right. Who, who did this? I, I used to do this. I would turn the box, the Christmas, and hide it kind of where you couldn't see the back end. And I mean, no, that was going to be the first gift I opened on Christmas morning. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, just the thrill of Christmas. As a kid at Christmas Eve, I remember laying in bed. I couldn't hardly sleep because I'm thinking the next morning's Christmas and I, I could barely sleep. And then I'd wake up early in the morning to open Christmas gifts. There was a thrill. There was an excitement for Christmas. And then there's the word hope. And during the Christmas season when I was growing up, I hoped for a lot of different things. And some of the things that I hoped for, some of the gifts that I hoped for, I actually got and but a lot of times I didn't get everything that I hoped for. I remember as a kid, I hoped I was going to get a four-wheeler. I was so excited. Christmas, I want a four-wheeler, hoping to get a four-wheeler, and, and that hope didn't happen. Somebody, it did not happen. No, I never got a four-wheeler. Still today, don't have a four-wheeler. I remember 16 years old, I was hoping for Christmas I would get a new car, a new red Corvette. Come on, Mama, Daddy, Santa Claus, somebody. Give me a red Corvette. Come on, you remember Prince, don't you? Little red Corvette. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was hoping for one. That hope did not come to pass. I didn't get a red Corvette, not even a little model makeup Corvette. I didn't get anything. I just, I, it, it was disappointing. And oftentimes we hope for things in life, and at times we, we just end up disappointed. We end up let down. And I can think about even my own children and things that we, we hope for them and, and we're let down. You know, I, I hope that my children at age seven, that they would take a bath on their own. How I many you know what I'm talking about? That's a hope that's not happening. You hear what I'm saying? I took one three days ago. That's, that's, that's go, go now. You know what I'm saying? You're hoping for things that are just not going to happen. Some of you are hoping that you just get a new car for Christmas and you think that's not going to happen. Or you just get your car fixed and you're thinking that's not going to happen. We, we're always hoping for things and then we can end up let down. We can end up disappointed. You know, I, I, hope, I hoped that it wouldn't snow yesterday. I was disappointed. Yes, I was. And uh, some of you were hoping for snow. I was hoping against it because I want to have church today. Yes, yes, yes. And so I was hoping against snow. But if we still got some and we can end up disappointed, I, I hope the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Come on, somebody. 
I hope they win the Super Bowl. That, that's my hope. Come on, anybody remember the 90s? Come on, remember the 90s? Come on, somebody. You remember that? Hey, them were the days right there. Bring back the 90s, Jesus. Bring them back, Lord. The world's better when the Cowboys are the Super Bowl champs. The world's better. I'm just telling you. I'm not getting enough amens. I don't care. It's my sermon. I'm going to preach it how I want to preach it. <laughs> Hope is a desire for something good in the future, and that desire may or may not be fulfilled. Hope is more like wishful thinking in how we use the word. But, but biblical hope is, is the opposite of how we use the word hope in our English language. You, you see, when we use the word hope in our, our English language, it, we, we use it and it, it carries a, an uncertainty. It's kind of, you know, I hope the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl, but I'm not certain of that. I don't know if they will or not. There's not a, a, a certainty that they will. There's an uncertainty when I say that. I, I actually do hope it snows on Christmas Day. Not Christmas Eve, because we're having church, so no, no snow Christmas Eve. I hope it snows on Christmas Day. I love having a white Christmas, but I'm not positive that it will. I'm not certain that it will. I'm not even confident that it will. But, but biblical hope is different. Biblical hope is, is confident expectation that what we desire will happen, that what we hope for, that we can expect it to happen. Let, let me share a, a definition with you of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this. Now faith is confidence, is, is confidence in what we hope for. An assurance or an certainty about what we do not see. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. We're confident we're going to receive it from God. We're confident, we're assured that we're going to receive what we're believing from, from God. You see, with, with, with God, we can have a confidence. We can have a thrill of a hope that what we are believing for will actually happen. You see, hoping in the Dallas Cowboys is really wishful thinking because that's trusting in man, not in God. Hoping that it will snow is a wishful hope because our hope is in El Nino or cold fronts or weather patterns. But when we hope in God and we hope in the promises of God, we can have a confident expectation that what we hope for, we will actually receive. Hope in God is not a wishful hope. It is a confident hope. Matter of fact, the Bible lets us know that God is a God of hope. I want you to understand something about your God. He's a God of hope. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, may the God of hope, come on, all of our locations, everybody say, God of hope. I want you to know that about your God. He's a God of hope, not a God of wishful thinking, but a God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope. Since God is a God of hope, he wants you to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, when our hope is in the God of hope, we can have a confident expectation in the promises of God that they'll come to pass in our life. We can receive from God. We can have this thrill of hope, this excitement to receive all that God has for our lives. And some of you are asking this question in your mind right now. You're thinking to yourself, well, Pastor, 
what are the things that we can have a thrill of hope for? What are, what are some things that we can expect from God, have a hope from God to receive? And I'm so glad that you're asking that question right now because I want to answer that today. Actually, there are a lot of promises in the Bible. There are a lot of, lot, a lot of promises I could teach you about today that you could have a confident expectation. You could have a hope to receive from God. But, but I've narrowed it down this Christmas season for this first installment, this first message, part two, coming up on Christmas Eve and the Friday and Saturday. But today, I've narrowed it down to two that I want to focus on, two promises that you can receive from God. The first is this, the hope of joy. The hope of joy. Romans 15 and verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Come on, everybody say joy. Joy, joy, joy. See, if 2016 has been a rough year, if you lost your job, if a relationship ended, if a family member died, if you would, would kind, of, kind of categorize 2016 and say, it was just a hard year. I want you to know during this Christmas season that the God of hope wants to fill you with all joy. You can have the thrill of hope that God will fill you with joy no matter what's taking place in 2016. Jesus came to earth that first Christmas day to fill you with joy. Here's what the scripture says in the Christmas story in Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 10. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you, notice this, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. And here's the, here, here's the part I really want you to see. Great joy for all the people. You see, this verse is referring to the birth of Christ. It was talking about the birth of Jesus. This is the good news that Jesus, a Savior, is coming. And this will cause the people to have great joy, great joy for all the people. 2016 has been a challenging year for the Cooper family. It hasn't been all ups. We have had our downs in, in 2016. We've had some difficult moments as a family. And one of the biggest difficult moments we had is when school started uh, this fall, one of our children got really sick and missed about six to seven weeks of school and was sleeping on the couch and, and one of us would sleep out there with him and actually one of us, Tiffany did, amen, praise the Lord, let's just... Let's just tell it how it, how it really was, and he wanted mom, and, and he was, I mean, as sick as we've ever had one of our children. My son lost 12 pounds, weak, sick, major stomach issues, head issues, just, just having lots of issues, didn't know what was going on, concerned. Wonder if I'm going to lose my son. Wonder what's wrong. And I could tell you during that six or seven weeks of time that I was concerned, fasted, prayed, anointed him with oil, believed in God. But there was still something in my heart. There was still joy. In spite of the difficulty, 
I have joy in my heart. Friends, joy is very different from happiness. I wasn't really happy with what was happening with my son, but I have the joy of the Lord in spite of the difficulties that I was experiencing with my own child. And I'm very grateful to tell you today that my son is doing well. We're thanking God. He's whole. He's healthy. But I want you to know that even when life was down, I still had joy. And I want some of you to understand, life has been difficult. It has not been easy. You've had your trials 2016, you've experienced a lot of difficulties, and I want you to know that Jesus came to give you joy. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. In spite of your circumstances, Jesus wants to fill you with joy. Number two is this. There's there's a second promise that you can receive. You can have a thrill of hope for today. Number two is the hope of peace. The hope of peace. And peace seems so hard to come by in our world today. You start thinking, how can somebody have peace with so much craziness in our world? Right now, today, around the world, there are 16 wars taking place. How can someone have peace with wars happening all around our world? Every single day in our world, 1,197 people are murdered on average. Every day, they're murdered. This week alone, 8,379 people have been murdered. How can someone have peace? That's almost a half a million people in 2016 that have have been murdered. Every day in our world... Uh, 151,600 people die in the world every day. It was about a week and a half ago or so, me and my oldest son, Kel, we were riding in the car, and I was driving, and we just driving on a road, and as we were on the road, it was coming up to a stoplight, but we couldn't get to the stoplight. It was just so much traffic backed up. We're thinking, what? Why is, this, why is traffic backed up so much? This light is not usually this busy, and as we kept getting closer and closer to the light, I noticed there were police cars, and uh, I didn't see any ambulances there, but just cars everywhere and police cars. And as we got closer, I started noticing on the road, there was something in the middle of the road. And as we got closer, I, I said, Kel, somebody's dead on the road. And as we got to that light, they had the man covered up with a blanket, but you saw his feet hanging out. And me and my 13-year-old son saw a man dead on the road. Death is all around us every day. How can somebody have peace? There are 208 million people in the world on drugs. Addiction is destroying so many lives. How can someone have peace with so much craziness and chaos and pain and devastation in the world? And yet, the Bible says in Romans 15 and verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. You see, friends, this Christmas season, you need to know that the God of hope wants to fill you with peace. I want you to know that peace can be yours 
today. No matter what's going on around you, no matter what you're seeing around you, no matter what you're experiencing around you, I want you to know that the God of all hope wants to fill you with peace. Jesus was born so you can have peace. The Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, for to us a child is born, referring to Jesus. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 tells us that we can have peace this Christmas season. And I want you to notice how this verse builds up to peace. It ends with peace. It, it kind of builds up to peace. You see, when you understand all of the previous promises in this particular verse, you will have peace. You see, this verse says, no matter who you voted for this election season, the government will be on Jesus' shoulders. You see, Jesus was born to rule and reign. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is in control. You can have peace. Then it goes on to say, Jesus was born to be our wonderful counselor. Friends, can I tell you, if you're a Christ follower, you're not alone. The very moment you gave your life to Jesus, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. The Spirit of God is inside of you, and the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the paraclete, the, the counselor. He's a counselor. He counsels us. He guides us. Then the verse says that Jesus was born to be your mighty God. Jesus is a mighty God. Jesus is not weak. He's not anemic. He's not sick. Jesus has all authority. He's all powerful. Jesus is a mighty God. If you need a doctor, he's a physician. If you need provision, he's a provider. If you need freedom, he's a deliverer. If your relationships are broken, he's a restorer. If you need a miracle, he does the impossible. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. Then the verse says he's an everlasting father. Jesus was born to be your father. And friends, can I tell you, he's a loving father. Nothing can compare to the love of God. Nothing can compare to the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You can't earn his love. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough for it. You can't pay for it. Nothing can compare to the love of Jesus. Jesus loves you just like you are, with all of your mistakes, flaws, and issues. Notice I used plural language, because you don't have an issue, you got issues. You don't have a flaw, you got flaws, and so do I. But Jesus loves you and me with an everlasting love. He's an everlasting father. Tiffany and I, we have four children. I adore our children. I love our children so much. I want to hurt them sometimes, but I love them. I love them. What I wouldn't do for our children, lay my life down for them. I think about how much I love each of them. And then I realize that God loves me and you so much more than I love my own children. What a love that he has for us. I want you to know the Bible calls him an everlasting father. He's a good father. And friends, I want you to understand something. When you know that the government is on Jesus' shoulders, 
And when you know that he was born to be your wonderful counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting Father, you can't help but have peace in your heart because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus was born to give you peace. And I just want you to know, no matter what you're facing in life, the God of hope wants to fill you with all joy and peace. Peace is a something you can hope for today, not wishful thinking. It can be yours today. And you say, Pastor, how can I be filled with joy? How can I be filled with peace this Christmas season? I want to answer that for you today. How can somebody have joy? How can somebody have the peace of God in their heart and peace with God? Number three is this. God fills your life with good things as you trust him. God fills your life with good things as you trust him. Notice the verse again, Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, when you trust Jesus with your life, you will overflow with joy and peace and hope by the Holy Spirit. But friends, can I tell you that trusting Jesus isn't always easy. You see, our human flesh, humanity loves to trust in this flesh and ourselves. We like to lean on our own understanding. We like to lean on our own wisdom. We like to lean on our own ingenuity. We, we like to lean on, lean on our own plans. But the key to receiving peace and joy is to trust Jesus. You know what people do? They trust themselves with their dating. They trust themselves with their marriage. They trust themselves with their finances. They trust themselves with their career. They trust themselves with their children. They trust themselves with their future. And when we trust ourselves, we literally forfeit the joy and peace that's available to us through Christ. The Bible says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Here's the question I have for you. Are you trusting Jesus with your life? Notice I didn't ask, do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you trust him? There are a lot of people that say, I believe in God, but they don't trust God with their marriage. I believe in God, Pastor, but they don't trust God with their dating relationship. I believe in God, but they don't trust God. Believing in God and trusting God are just two different things. Matter of fact, the Scripture says something interesting. It says, even the demons believe in God. And they tremble. They, they shudder because they don't trust Jesus. And the question this Christmas season is, so you trust Jesus. When my son was sick and lost 12 pounds and wasn't going to school, I believed in God, but I had to trust my son and put him in Jesus' hands. With my marriage, my wife and I, this Tuesday, we are celebrating 19 years of marriage. And, and the reason we're celebrating 19 wonderful years of marriage is because I'm such a great husband. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, wow. Wow. Most of the time, all right. 
But I just trust Jesus with my marriage, with our church. I just, it's not I believe in God. Believing in God is it's totally different than, God, I trust you with our church. I trust you with my marriage. I trust you. I trust you. I'm giving it to you. I'm surrendered to you. I trust you. And you know where that began for me? It began at the age of 17 in a football locker room. When I trusted Jesus for my salvation and my eternity. And then every day since, it's been an act of trusting Jesus in so many areas of my life. But it began with the first moment to say, Jesus, I trust you with my salvation, with my future. Can I tell you, joy and peace can be yours today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, here it is, as you trust in Him, not believe in Him, as you trust Him.